So Wednesday, you Wait, and I, since we're kind of talking about sex all the time. Constantly. People send us vibrators and they send us sex toys and they send us all kinds of goodies, which are amazing. What a I job. Mean, could be worse. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is you have your favorites. We all have our favorites. Mine is a vibrator called Girl's Best Friend from, and, from Sweet Vibrations. Yep. And mine is the Tulips, which I've talked about before from Sweet Vibrations. What's not to like? The variety, the bright colors, they're pretty, they're fun and beautiful and waterproof and rechargeable. And they're all under $50. Yes. I mean, they're affordable and it's so much fun. So you guys... Check out Sweet Vibrations for a real good time. You can look them up on Instagram at Sweet Vibrations. And at checkout, use our promo code for 15% off. It's wild love. That's right. And wild you're going to save a pretty penny mm-hmm. with which you can buy another one. <laughs> exactly. If you want to have a happy vagina just like I do, and probably all of y'all do, this is the episode you have to listen to. We are bringing you... Isa Herrera, who is the most amazing pelvic floor physical therapist. Okay, you always think like your pelvic floor, what the heck is it? She tells us what it is and she tells us that we need to take care of it. It needs to be part of our self-care routine. And if we do take care of it. Yeah, you have better orgasms. You're connected to your truth more. You stand tall. You feel good. Mm-hmm. You might have an easier childbirth. Yep. All kinds of things. There's so many things. This this podcast was really filled with so much information that I have never heard of, and I've had a pelvic floor my entire life. <laughs> so have a listen to Isa Herrera. You won't regret it, and neither will your pelvic floor. <laughs> Enjoy, guys. Whitney. Yeah. Um. I don't know if you know this, but you have a pelvic floor. No, I didn't. We were in the car and I was like, look, I have lived my entire life. I've had one of these and don't really know what it is. And somebody here today, we're here with Isa Herrera, who is an incredible pelvic floor goddess guru. And She's called a happy vagina lady. For a good reason. <laughs> I mean... Isa, we're so excited that you're here to tell us about something that a lot of women might not even know that we have. My vagina is happier with you across the table from me. My, yeah, my vagina feels happier too. Thank you, so ladies. thank you. And thank I think you. I think you're going to make a lot of people with vaginas happier after they hear this podcast. I agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what else did you say in the car? Oh, yes. So if anyone that knows me... Uh, when I have to go pee, I have to pee like immediately. Like, like it's like crisis, nine one one mode. Wow, I gotta pee. I gotta, I gotta either I'm yeah. gonna pop a squat on the sidewalk, or it is just you mm-hmm. know I gotta find a bathroom immediately, if not sooner. And this is what yeah. do I do? Like this is not okay. And yeah. tell us what a pelvic floor is and what it has to do with our bladders, our sexuality, everything. Just. Lay it on us. I'm going to lay it on you. Thanks, Issa. Yeah, thank you for having me, ladies. I'm so excited to be here. Super, super pumped. And just get a little bit closer to the microphone, if you don't mind. So we can get your beautiful voice in there. Just put your mouth close to the mic. Just put my mouth on it. Yeah, like you're about to perform (laughs) some wonderful act on it. So what's what's really incredible is that no one pays attention to their pelvic floor until they have a crisis and they have to go pee in the middle of a movie or... They're having pain with sex or they're feeling pressure deep in their vagina, right? Or their orgasms are petering out. Or oh my God, don't they're not say orgasming that. at all. You're- or there's pain with <laughs> orgasms. 
Which these things can happen. These So these are all things that women come to you with and mm-hmm. maybe they don't even know until somebody refers them to you that this all has to do with the pelvic floor and that pelvic floor therapy could help them. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the incredible thing is that the statistics are very high. We have 30 million women in the U.S. alone suffering from chronic sexual pain. That's one out of three. How many? 30 million. 30 million women in the U.S. suffering from chronic sexual pain. And I'm going to call that an epidemic. It is. It really it is. It is an epidemic, yeah. And yeah. What, how would you describe chronic sexual pain? Well, pain that comes on with any kind of sexual intimacy, whether it be oral sex, whether it be, you know, penetration, whether it be with orgasms, right? Sometimes it can express itself as back pain. Sometimes it can be menstrual cramps. Anything that doesn't let the woman truly connect to her partner okay. and causes her pain. Okay. Mm. And is the technical pa- um, term for that, is it called desperinuria? I yeah, it could be desperinuria. It, it could be vulvodynia. It could be vaginismus. It could be vestibular vulvodynia. It could be uh, tension myalgia. There's a thousand words for it. Okay. You know? No one is in, 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 how do you say, in alignment with what to call it. Okay. But you're saying the pelvic floor is the saving grace to the pain. Yes. That um, working on it could help with all these different conditions. Yeah, 100%. Okay, can you just tell us what our pel- I've heard pelvic floor all the time. Like, you know, like my OBGYN talks about it and my Pilates instructor talks about it and like they talk about it in ballet class. But like, okay, what the hell actually is my pelvic floor? Yeah, the pelvic floor is a set of muscles. It's like the hammock. It's like what I call Grand Central Station. It's the deep connector, <laughs> okay. right? Because I live in New York City, so I said it's Grand Central Station, uh-huh. right? So it's centrally located. Yeah. So it's connected to your lower body, your upper body, con- and it has 17 meridian lines that go through it. So it's very highly charged and very energetic. Wow. It sounds like a like a busy place. It's very busy, but we don't pay attention to it, right? Because it is a muscle like any other muscle in the human body. And typically, what would we do with that? We would massage it. We would do trigger point release. We would stretch it. We would breathe into it. We would work it out. Yeah, you would work it out. We would work, yeah, Mm because we're New Yorkers We and you're from Austin. We we work out. And like all these women who are doing workouts all the time and we care about our bodies a lot and we're keeping all our muscles in shape, are we supposed to be keeping our, are we supposed to be working out our pelvic floor? Yeah, 100%. This is the thing, right? Like there's a lot of thing in the media right now saying the Kegels are not right for, for women. And they're not, they're not, they don't, and Kegel is an exercise where you contract your vagina and then you release it, right? Because mm-hmm. remember, we're talking about muscles. Now, Kegel exercises are not right for everyone, right? Especially in New York City. When I worked in New York City, it was like the center of super tight vaginas. And a lot of women, <laughs> it's true. I believe uh, it. It is. We're uptight and so our pelvic floors are uptight. Yeah, in a way, because it's also, it's it's really charged and connected to anything that's happened to us, any trauma, any, any kind of issues we're having, any emotional upheavals. Anything that we're having, women feel it here. They may not be, they may not connect to it. They may not know that it's part of their vaginal um, energetic being, but it is. Wow. I think that's really interesting too, talking about the the emotional trauma that can cause pain during any sort of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you can touch on? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, I've treated over 14,000 women in New York City alone, most of them with pelvic sexual pain, which was really surprising to me because I thought I was going to be treating more mommies and dealing more with leaking, which is also part of pelvic yeah. floor dysfunction or 
pelvic organ prolapse, but the women who were attracted to me were the ones that were having chronic sexual pain. And many of them had a lot of adverse sexual things happen, rapes, you name it. I mean, I've heard 14,000 stories. Or some of them are trying to, sometimes it's, it's an issue of like, how connected are we are to our own femininity, our own divinity, mm-hmm. right? And if we, and many of us in New York City are living in a man's world, right? I mean, let's face it, we go to work. Sometimes we don't even wear a dress. And I, at one time I was treating all these lawyers from Harvard, and I'm like, what the hell is the connection here, right? Stress. It was really weird. Yeah. Like all these lawyers came to see me, female lawyers. And then I realized it was all stress. And it was, they would go to work. They couldn't be who they were. And were they actually like stressing the, the physical act? If you can't see me right now, I'm like sitting here stressing myself out emotionally just, and I can feel it yeah. in my pelvic region. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, there's a connection between stress, especially jaw stress and pelvic floor stress, right? So the pelvic floor muscle... Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. I clench my jaw at night. Oh, so that's probably why... my pelvic floor is stressed out, girl. It is stressed out, and I think that's why you have what they call urge incontinence. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, you gotta freaking pee really quick or something bad's gonna happen. So if you have a clenched jaw, you might also have a clenched pelvic floor. Yeah. Oh, my God, unclench my pelvic floor. Yeah, so for that, if you put your tongue on the roof of your mouth behind the front of your teeth and you breathe in and out... You can release your jaw. Through my mouth or through my nose? Through, well, you breathe in through your, through your nose and out through your mouth, right? Mm-hmm. And then that creates sort of like a, 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 a relaxed thing for the jaw. But then you send the breath deep into your vagina. So you're breathing deeply into the pelvic floor. And you, you guys are listening, it. do this with us. Yeah, yeah do this okay, with us. Okay, let's do it. Okay, talk okay. us through. I see, okay. I see James tongue, doing it. Tongue, tongue behind. My research right. is doing really it. We're nice all doing and it. Gentle. Let's do it. Okay. Right, breathe in through the mouth. Exhale through the lips. And then the next time you breathe in, imagine that your vagina, you're breathing deeply, not into diaphragmatic breathing, which is just belly breathing, but you're breathing deep into the vagina and it's opening up and it's blossoming and it's releasing and it's getting ready to receive. Ooh. Because if you're really tight, yeah. it's going to be very difficult for you to receive. Not Which is only one of the just reason why it causes pain. One of the reasons why it causes pain. Okay, yeah. I want to say I just did that breath and sent that breath down to my vagina and it was a sexy feeling. It is very sexy. <laughs> You're ready to receive. <laughs> no, it could be. It could be very because it, when we when we when we're getting connected, when we're in the middle yeah. of having sex, I mean, you can't clench your vagina to allow anyone in. Right. You have to open. Here's the right? thing, right? So people think doing kegels or you want to have this really tight vagina, but that's not necessarily true. I don't think. Right. Like mm-hmm. you have sex. And you want to squeeze the dick like it's going to about to pop off or something. Right. But then that keeps you from having an orgasm because you think you're just supposed to have this tight pussy. Yeah. And that's all from the idea that like sex is intercourse, right? Right. Exactly. Okay. Can you talk about this whole messed up place where we find ourselves, like Whitney says, about being obsessed with tight vaginas, what it's doing to our pelvic floors, what it's doing to our sex lives and our health? I think it's ruining our sex lives. I think it's ruining our health. And I think that women have to let go of the fact that our vaginas don't have to be super tight for our partners, that they have to be balanced mm-hmm. and supple and flexible so that we can have amazing, beautiful orgasms. Because when our vaginas are too tight, 
our orgasms are not as powerful as they should be. Mm. They become weaker, right? Because these muscles are highly charged. So they, they help with supporting the organs, but they're very sexual. So if, the, if a muscle is too tight, how are you going to have the full range of motion right. to have a good mind-blowing orgasm and then relax down? Okay, I have go. a quick question for those of us who can't visualize this because even I'm having a hard time visualizing. Can you just explain to us how many muscles are down there? You said the pelvic floor looks like a hammock. Can you just mm-hmm. give us a little bit more of a visual description so, of it? So it's like a basket. Okay, I'm imagining a basket. It's a basket and it holds things. It holds our bladder, our uterus, the rectum, the intestines. So one of the part of the pelvic floor is that it's supportive, mm-hmm. right? So when women don't feel supported, I always feel like pelvic organ prolapse, which is about 50% of older women have a pelvic organ prolapse, has to do with an issue not only of muscle weakness, but are they being supported in their lives? Because we know that all illness starts in the energetic realm first, and then it gets expressed in the physical oh, realm. Wow. And okay, hold on. You just blew my mind. I get. I finally get something. It's called the pelvic floor because there's a lot of stuff on top of it. Yeah. Hello. It's the bottom. It's the bottom of your being. It's the floor. Got yeah, it. Yeah. It's okay. the floor. Yeah, we want to keep those organs in there. I don't yeah. want to keep it every. Out. Okay. Can you help me understand something, Issa? Because since before I had a kid, I was always told, "Do your kegels or kegels or whatever they're called." I've always hated it. I've always approached it like a toddler with broccoli. It um, sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are Kegels, Kegels, and you got you started telling us before a little bit about why they're not great for everybody. Can you get into mm-hmm. that a bit more? Because I think a lot of women listening are just told, you do do, do them. Go to Kegel class. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and then they always tell us, like, it'll make sex better for everybody. But you're saying that's not always the case. What are no. they? And tell us the, the and tell truth. me I'll never have to do them again. <laughs> it depends. It depends. You may have to. But listen, a Kegel is a deep contraction. So there's four walls to the pelvic floor. All these walls come together and then there's a lift. So a Kegel involves a contraction and a lift up, right? There's a two part to the Kegels. There's over 25 different types of Kegels. Wow. The big problem that I find is that women are told to do Kegels, but they're not given proper guidance. Okay. So they're like, oh, I do a Kegel and they don't know what the hell they're doing and so they don't work. So for every Kegel though, there has to be what I've coined 10 years ago, 12 years ago, a reverse Kegel. Oh, okay. We're going to get into this. Right? Because you can't have one, you can't have power without suppleness and flexibility and opening. It's like mm. yoga. You know, it's you want exactly to like you want to lift some weights, get that booty going. Then yep. you go to yoga and stretch it out. Exactly. Balance. Okay. Balance. Tell us. <laughs> The wrong way that women are taught to do Kegels and then correct it. Maybe we could even do some. Yes. Okay. The, yes. The kind so here that we maybe, go. Maybe Back we'll, to the Kegels. Maybe, <laughs> but maybe when we're doing it the right way, we'll hate them less. Okay. Is that possible? Right. It's totally possible. Okay. Because the thing is, when you start doing them really correctly and your orgasms get better and you're incorporating the reverse Kegel and you have that balance, then you don't have issues like you need to go to the bathroom anymore. Okay. As down. often. Did you say better orgasm? I know. Yeah. yeah. Better I'm orgasm. <laughs> So when you're doing a Kegel, you're looking for three things. And I encourage all your listeners and your community to whip out a mirror and look at the vagina and look for three little simple things. The clitoris should nod to the queen. So there should be some movement there, right? Because they're sexual. And they wrap around the clitoris. Okay. okay. Right? All right. The perineal body, which is the area between the anus and the vagina, yeah. should move up and in. Like, mm. 
when you're doing the Kegel. Yes. Okay. And the anus should wink. The way most women do the Kegel is like... That's one of my sex moves. Oh, it is? <laughs> a, a winking anus. You heard it here. If you're lucky, you might see it. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) Okay, so the the clitoris, the clit should move. Yeah. The um perineal body body should move up and in. So there should be movement. Should dance and the anus should wink if you're doing your kegels the right way. Is it a kegel or a kegel? It's a kegel. I call it kegel. Okay. You know, I'm from New York, that's how we say it. If you're doing your kegels the right way, all those things will be happening. A wink a winking anus, a moving (laughs) perineal body, and a nodding clit. Right. And then when you do the reverse kegel. You're looking at the perineal body to expand outward, and you're looking at the vaginal opening to release and to let go. Okay. So you actually like pushing? There's no pushing. Everything is done through the breath and mind body. So when you do a Kegel, you do it through exhalation. So let's do it together. Okay. Okay. So so you're on sitting really tall on the chair. Okay. Think about lifting your I'm panties. I'm putting my feet flat on the It couch. should be better if, you, if your feet are flat. Mm-hmm. Imagine lifting your panties off the chair. Hold it. Mm-hmm. As you're holding it, you're counting. And ideally, you can do a 10, 20-second Kegel. And then when you release, you inhale. And you drop the perineal body down. Now, in, in order for sex to be fantastic, we have to have that moment of receiving. And what I find is that women do a lot of Kegels because they want to pleasure the men because they want to have tight vaginas. And then they don't know how to open or they don't know how to let go. Then they develop trigger points in the vagina or spasms, which you can get in there. Mm -mm. Right? It's terrible. And then they can't come. Mm. And they're like, what's going on? So they suffer one from, I coined Kegel tension syndrome. It's like freaking doing it, doing so many Kegels and then not having the balance. It's like going to the gym and doing your booty workout, but yeah. then you don't stretch your hips. Right. It makes no sense. And then you just are so tight. It's hard to walk. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to do anything because when you're so tight down there, I mean, I've experienced this myself after the birth of my daughter. I, you just, you, you, you're not, you don't feel grounded and connected to, the, to your truth. Mm. What about like vaginal massage? Oh, 100%. Everyone should be doing vaginal massage. Is that really? the same as perineal massage? Tell us perineal what. Perineal massage Thank you for asking that Wednesday. Perineal massage is the same thing. I mean, I have around 14 different ways that you can massage your vagina in my online programs. There are 14. There are so many different ways that you can go in there. Is this your five steps to happier lady parts online program? (laughs) Yeah, that's one of my steps. So if people want to learn these vaginal massage techniques and how to do a reverse kegel, not just a kegel, and all these other things you're telling us about, they can go to five steps to happy lady parts. Yeah, I'm going to give, give you the, okay, I'll give great. you the, no, I'm going to have a free masterclass where I just Ooh. bring the information to the world. Great. And then those who want to go deeper, they go deeper with Perfect. me, you know, so, but I do give a lot of value in that, in that masterclass and it's coming up soon in a couple of weeks. So for me, the most important thing is women need to touch their vaginas they need to stretch them. They need to massage their vaginal lips. They need to get rid of any spasm. If things hurt, they need to figure out why they hurt. Is it is it a pelvic malalignment? Is it that the, the muscles are too mm. tight? Am I gripping? Because I what I find, especially in New York City, is that a lot of women just grip. 
Th- that's their natural state. We're gripping Gripping all the time. Gripping your vagina all the time. Tightening, oh. clenching. Clenching. Like you, you don't even know you're clenching. And you know what? I bet it's not just New York City. I bet it's LA. I bet it's any big city. But I bet mm-hmm. it's also any small town where you have kids, school, yeah. a career. I think women are we're probably clenching our v- yeah. vaginas all the time. A all lot. the time. And yeah. probably holding your, like you said, it's hard to connect to your truth. So holding your truth in and not fully expressing as the divine feminine that you are, yeah. I would imagine plays a very key role into that outside of even just every day going to work, kids stress. Absolutely. And the thing is, the more that we connect to our pelvic floor, the more we connect to our truth, the more we connect to our sexuality, the better our connections are, period, whether you're in any kind of relationship, whatever relationship you're in. So I feel like when women truly connect to this part of their bodies, then they become these dynamic beings, right? Because you 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 get this sense of self-confidence that you can't get from anything else. Like, you know, you see the woman that walks in the room. Every time I see a woman, I'm like, yeah, she probably has a good pelvic floor. I think to <laughs> That's myself, the way you see the world. I see the world that way. I love that. Oh, I see. I was, oh, she has a pelvic malalignment. Oh, I can see she's probably clenching. Oh, I can see that she's really happy. Oh, my God. Happy. What did oh you think God. when I walked into the room? You're like, woo. No, you I thought relax your pelvic floor. No, I thought you were fine. I think Thanks. sometimes, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think anything like that. I think you guys are really connected and really, really into your vaginas. Yeah, right? and my vulva. into my vagina. And my yeah. vagina. All of right. it. And so all, all we have to do is just bring it to the self-care, right? Like if you have a self-care program that involves working out, meditation, whatever it is anybody's doing these days, then you have to have a self-care program for your pelvic okay. floor. Okay, we're talking period. about vaginal, vulval, and pelvic floor self-care. Like yeah. add it to, like you meditate every day or you run or you lift weights or you do kickboxing or you whatever, mm-hmm. you do yoga and now you're saying self-care has to include not just like reading and chilling and exercising, but it has to include vaginal, vulvar, self-care and pelvic floor self-care. Totally, 100%. Because statistics alone show that we're in a serious epidemic, right? And women are getting surgeries that they don't need because they think that the only thing that can solve the pelvic issues is medication or Botox injection into the vagina or whatever, mesh surgery, where we know that our lady parts, our vaginas, respond to holistic, natural medicine. Can you tell us about the massage? Because I think, speaking of like clenching all the time, okay, and talk about, when you talk about adding something to my self-care routine and you say the word massage, I'm there. So I feel like our listeners will be too. Can you tell us about vaginal massage or vulval massage or whatever? Tell them how to add it to self-care routine and I'm taking notes. (laughs) Well, you can add it when you're in the bathtub, when you're in the shower, when you're on the toilet, before sex. If you want to make the orgasms better, you want to feel better connected, you can do it like I'll do it before I have a meeting so that I'm deeply grounded. <laughs> did you do it did before, you, do you, before came you came here yes, today? You yes, gave I yourself did. a vaginal massage yes. before you came here. Okay. Yes. And sometimes I just put my yoni egg inside and I'll have a meeting with my yoni egg because then I'm connected. Do like, you have a yoni egg in right now? No, not right now. I should have had it in there. I know. Next time. <laughs> next time. We'll all do it next time. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a yoni okay, egg. Okay, so in. tell us about the massage. I want to add yes. this to my self care routine. Okay, perfect. So we want to think about the vaginal opening as a clock six o'clock towards the anus, 12 o'clock to the clitoris. We're not going to touch up here because the bladder is there. Three o'clock to the Don't left, and nine o'clock to the right. And all you're going to do is the same way you would stretch your hamstrings, you will hold the stretch for a while long. 30 seconds to a minute. 
approximately. You will go at six o'clock and put your finger in and press down for 30 seconds to a minute. Okay. Then you can go to five o'clock and do the same thing. Four o'clock, seven o'clock, and eight o'clock. Okay. And that, but remember that the pelvic floor muscle is like a tunnel, so it gets progressively deeper as you go into the vagina. So the first knuckle is the first layer, so you can stretch there. That's a clock stretch that I just showed you. Okay. Second layer is the second knuckle and the third layer. So you can stretch each layer or you can do it all at one time. I want to do it all at one time. I'm a New Yorker. What do you mean yeah. all at one time? How like do I do that? Stick put it in the, there. Yeah, open. put the finger in open. and press all the oh. way down. And then just go this instead of doing like gingerly. For women who've never done it before, they may just want to put the first knuckle okay, in. Okay, right. Get used to it. You and, know? Okay, so you do six o'clock, then mm-hmm. you do five o'clock, five o'clock then you four, four o'clock, seven o'clock, and eight, eight o'clock. o'clock. We don't need to go all the way up because we're staying yeah. away from that. We're staying away from the bladder. You don't want to press into that. But with you, you may have some trigger points that get sort of like woken up. When you have to pee, yeah, and sometimes you have Something to address those trigger out. points, and those trigger points on the anterior. Remember, I told you there's four walls mm. to the pelvic floor. The anterior wall holds the bladder and the uterus. Many times, women have trigger points and spasms there that make them just pee on themselves, or they have pain with deep penetration. Or they feel like there's something like like a deep ache in the pelvis. Oh my god, you guys, my pelvic floor is weak. <laughs> it, it really is yeah. because I do experience some of these things. Yeah, but you know what? You're not alone. We have 30 no, million women, and they don't know what to good do company. about it. Yeah, you're in good company, and you're you're, you're talking to the right person. I am. Mm-hmm. All right, I have a few more questions. First of all, I am incorporating um, massage that massage like. Okay, tonight. Please, do it. Yes, yeah, let's please. make it part of our self care routine. Me, let me know how it goes. Whitney's staying with me all week. So oh, wonderful. That, we're adding that to self care. Roomies, we do our light therapy. We're roomies. We're going to do oh, vaginal yes. massage. We're going to do vaginal massage, right? You know, the light therapy on your vagina is supposed to be really good. Oh, I like light therapy for the vagina. Do you? What? I use low level laser therapy for the vagina and it heals scars and tissues and spasms. Cold laser therapy? Cold laser therapy. Uh, you said energy. you wanted oh, to hear I about this. About yeah. I want to say one thing, just a disclaimer, this is not a medical show. Nope. We're no. not dispensing medical advice, but we love to have experts like Issa on who is trained in public floor therapy to give you ideas and input and you know, research it. She she knows what she's talking about, but right. we're not medical I have no experts. idea what I'm talking about. Let's be real. <laughs> but okay, so, yeah, say, but this, so say more about that. Right? Say more beginning. about that. About, about the cold the laser therapy. Oh, the cold laser therapy. I discovered cold laser therapy by accident about 12 years ago when I was at a conference and I had this persistent elbow pain that wouldn't go away and I was getting injections, all this other crap. And I met this vendor and he's like, listen, I got this photonic energy. By the way, the the... The Olympic team uses it. The Shaq uses it. All tennis players use it. And what I did was I took the principles of cold laser therapy and I applied it to the vagina and I created a program for professionals because I was seeing remarkable, remarkable results. Women who've had scar tissue and trauma in the pelvis for so many years dissipate very quickly. And scar tissues from having like pregnancy and babies or trauma? It could be trauma. I mean, there's multiple reasons why we have scar tissue in the vagina. Who knows? Rub sack sometimes. How do you know if you have that? You'll see sometimes like, like a little white. Yeah, take your pants off in look, front of you. And, and sometimes you very <laughs> obvious you can feel it. No, 
No, no, I'll tell you. You can feel like a little bump, a little bit of hardness, or sometimes you can see like a little white light. Like young girls who have multiple sex partners and they don't prepare for penetration and it's very forceful and very quickly, they can have micro tears. And sometimes I will see a lot of little micro tears in young girls. Like, you know, they're just, they're just hooking up. They're hooking up and they're not maybe using lube and they're not yeah. getting ready and they're not they're not ready for penetration yet. And yeah. they're doing it and so they're getting some little micro tears. So that's one kind of scarring mm-hmm. that you've seen cold laser therapy be helpful with. Episiotomies. Oh, my God. Phenomenal. Okay. Uh, Cesareans. Uh, can I just say something? We need to talk about, I don't want to break your flow, but no. speaking of episiotomies, I had two babies. I'm tiny. I had natural, uh, I had vaginal births and I had an episiotomy. What is that? Both times. So go ahead. Terrible. Well, so an episiotomy is when the, oh, the medical cut doctor cuts because they say that they fear that there will be a tear that might go to your anus, that you could get a fistula, mm. or you could have a big problem. Okay, my pre-reproductive um, researcher, Jane, is sitting over mm-hmm. here just like horrified. But yeah. when you go through childbirth, you get used to it all. But like an episiotomy, childbirth, whether you have an episiotomy or not, that can be a big trauma to your body, even though natural childbirth is a natural thing, right? So we can still have issues with sex after childbirth. And yeah. I hear from women about that all the time, like yeah. who are like younger and haven't had babies yet and want to know what will happen. This sounds terrible and really scary to them. Then I hear from women in the period, maybe the year after they've had the baby and um, they're upset. I have to say that having had an episiotomy without being asked. That's, that's wait, they didn't ask you? That's ridiculous. I was very upset about it. I'm going to say something else. I love my obstetrician and I don't think he made a bad decision, but it was at a cultural moment 20 years ago almost where you weren't asking women or telling them. And so um, he he may have said, just so you know, I have to do this. And because it was, sometimes it's a sudden decision, but there is a thing now where, you know, you should ask. Um, Absolutely. Right? It's about consent. It is about consent. All of it is consent. And also, I know women who, without being consented or asked, got what is called the husband stitch. Oh, yeah. Do you know how much of that? Talk about it. Oh, my God. I've treated so much of the husband (gasps) stitch. It makes me absolutely nuts. Tell people what it is. A husband stitch is a particular, depending on who your caregiver is, they have a philosophy that women should be very tight for their husbands after they have a baby, and what they do is they sometimes they overlap the tissue. Sometimes they 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 sew it too tight that actually the husband doesn't fit in. So we have to go back to square one where we're using dilators and all different types of dildos to open up the vagina so the husband fits in. But it's a philosophy. It's a mind frame of the caregiver, and women don't know that they're given this. I, I mean, can I just say that is like heterosexual patriarchy doing its job on the vagina it's and so the vulva, healthy, literally. 100%. The husband stitch, okay? You heard it from the expert, Issa, Mm -hmm. and from somebody. I mean... I want to give a husband stitch to one of those doctors. I think we need... I think everybody... (laughs) I think women all need to know that this is a thing. It is a thing. And be aware, like, going into childbirth, knowing that... What is that called? Where they slice you? The episiotomy. An episiotomy. That that, that they can do that without your consent. And that's absolutely batshit crazy. But knowing that and then also knowing about this husband stitch and just being very aware. Okay. Yeah. And the thing is, you have to ask your caregiver, what is their philosophy? What do you do? 
Mm. Are you the type? There's some doctors in New York City who all first-time moms get an episiotomy, which I don't think anyone should get an episiotomy. I think we know how to birth. I think our pelvic floor, if it's prepared properly, it can open and release without an episiotomy. I think mine's going to do a great job. Absolutely. That's what I tell Yeah, so that's where perineal massage comes in, right? 100%. So my kids are 12 and 18. And when when my 18-year-old was born, there was like no really discussion about consent for an episiotomy. It was about a doctor's judgment. Um, And there was no, and like you said, there was a philosophy that you should give an episiotomy um, for a first-time childbirth, pretty much without exception. Um, And then the other philosophy in place might have been that there wasn't a lot of knowledge or understanding about what a husband stitch was and that, like, you need some consent for that, And right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so then by the time my 12-year-old was born— perineal massage was in the discussion group. It was kind of, it was in the air. There was a discourse about it, but it was kind of considered alternative. And so where are we with perineal massage before childbirth now? Does it help to, um, you know, take away the need or the, you know, I'm putting need in quotation marks for an episiotomy. Does it help with childbirth and does it help us with sexual and um, physical recovery afterwards to do perineal massage as opposed to vaginal massage before childbirth. 100%. Tell us, tell us. Even the research shows right now that if you do perineal massage, you lower the risk to need an episiotomy and you can give birth and you can have an intact perineum. Okay. So perineal massage is something that I recommend to everyone. Now, you want to hear something crazy? Um, when When I had my big clinic here on Madison Avenue, women would come in, pregnant women would come in just for the perineal massage. Which was perfect. I loved it. So, two women, same physician. She told one woman, No, you can't have the perineal massage for no reason. And then the other one who really said, I want it, I want it, and I need a prescription because in New York, I need a script to do perineal massage on a pregnant woman. She gave her the prescription, but the other lady, she didn't. So, it's like you have to really advocate for yourself. It's same physician. And I called the physician up and I'm like, Hey, there's a friend of mine. I'm like, what's going on here? Mm. I said, you gave her a script. And they're both my patients. And why isn't this way? Is she at high risk? Is there a problem? Is there something I should know? She goes, oh, no. Just did what? Just didn't feel like it? Just didn't feel like it. Okay. What did you say to your friend? I said, this is bullshit. Thank you. I said, this is bullshit. I said, you need to fix this. Women need this work. Yeah. So, you know, of course, I wrote a, a clinical commentary that I sent out to every physician in New York City about positioning and birth trauma. Because that was another thing that right. I was noticing. And then slowly but surely, they're coming around. So what I used to do was send them the research. When yes. you have a request and they're not open enough, send them the research that backs up the reason why you want this woman to Why you massage. want perineal massage. Yeah. And so is it, you're saying it has a very positive impact helping women yeah. avoid an episiotomy or a tear. Yes. Okay. So and this is prior to, to pregnancy into. as well. Prior to pregnancy, well, prior to pregnancy would be more for sexual function to keep the muscles working properly, so we're not peeing. Tell people what the perineum is. The perineum is the whole. I, I like the perineum. Some people think of the perineum only at the area between the anus and the, the rectum, right? Between the vaginal, the vaginal, and, and the, the rectum. That one area there. But I like to think of it not as the vagina. I like to think of it as the vulva. The whole thing needs to be. 
massage. Oh, when you're doing perineal massage, you're talking about the whole entire vulva, including that strictly delimited perineal region between the vaginal opening and the anus. Because I want women to understand that we're not just a vaginal opening. We're not just that. We have a whole entire vulva that has this highly innovated, that's also responsible for our sexual function, that needs to be massaged, that needs to be connective tissue rolling, that needs to be sort of like, just give it a little bit of love, you know, just just go there and yeah. give some circles to your vulva, massage your vulva, open up the vaginal lips, you know, move the clitoral hood, right? Because we're not just the vagina. We're not just that. That tube of smooth muscle. We're all that other stuff, too. We're so much more than that. We're so much more than that. Can you talk a little bit about the link between, I mean, we talked a little bit about sex after pregnancy and how you can help women with that um, and how pelvic floor therapy can help. Can you talk specifically, I want to talk specifically about pelvic floor health and orgasm, Mm -hmm. because this is a show about sex. Right. And and I also want to know about the overall health, the connection between the pelvic floor and digestion. Mm. Can we talk, touch on those things with you? Yeah, absolutely. I think that when you have a pelvic floor that's balanced, not too tight, not too, you know, relaxed orgasms are incredible. I think when the pelvic floor is too tight and we think we're going to have better orgasms, we don't. And we're Mm -hmm. lying to ourselves because we're just talking normal physiology here. Mm -hmm. Right? Now, a lot of women suffer from constipation and they think it's something they're eating or it's something that they're doing or they can't poop. Right? And, And the main thing here with the digestion is that the pelvic floor is also deeply connected through fascia to the digestive system. So if you want to fully release, you know, you go to the bathroom and you still feel like you got to pee. You have to do that reverse Kegel. The pelvic floor has to let go and open so you can poop and you can pee with and feel satisfied with the act. Mm -hmm. Instead of feeling like, oh, man, I got to go sit back down on the toilet. I got something in there. And then you push, which is the worst thing for the pelvic floor. Or you push with defecation, and that's the worst thing. Oh. Or you get on some sort of like laxative thinking that you need it, but in reality, the pelvic floor muscles are too tight, hindering defecation, right? Wow. Because of all the Kegels wow. that we're doing in the Pilates, in the soul cycle, whatever the hell we're doing these days, creating too much tension. So and it all goes back to that. Then we get constipated. Yeah. And it's, wow. it's terrible. You certainly don't feel sexy when you're constipated. <laughs> no, you don't, because then you're having sex and you <laughs> Just- feel... Like you gotta poop, right? And that's <laughs> no. Like, that's that's not. <laughs> You're that like, soft serve. Yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Did you hear that? If you work on your pelvic floor, it's gonna help in so many ways. And you're gonna so, have better orgasms. And you're gonna yep. have better orgasms. Yeah. Okay. Just tell us a little bit more about how um, can we have the best orgasms we could possibly have. I think the first thing is being confident with your body and 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 letting go a little bit. Just being free mm-hmm. to have one. I think the mindset is important, right? I think your partner is important too. If there's some conflict, if there's some issue, if there's something going on there, you may be holding back, right? Or what was it that you said? Service sex? Service, Service sex. sex. Right. Yeah, we talked yeah. about that we when we about were at, the, at Latham Thomas's yeah, conference together. And I together. thought that was really fantastic. And the thing is, Sex needs to be for you, too. We're not there just to service whomever we're with. We need it for us. Yeah. 
We need that connection. We need that love. We need the orgasm. We need that natural outside release. And what I find is that many women, if they're angry, if they're pissed off, if they're stressed, if they're not massaging the pelvic floor, then what happens is they have orgasms that are weak or peter out, or it takes them like 100 years to come. It makes me so sad that you say peter out, peter out orgasms. Like I had no idea that that was even a possibility. No, it's a possibility, yeah. So you can have amazing orgasms and then you just don't. You don't, or, or you you get, you're, you're like getting there, getting yeah. there, but the muscles are too tight and it goes, oh. or worse than that. That I, sounds really I, disappointing. Oh, it's horrible. And worse than that, that I've treated a lot of is women with post-orgasmic pain. Because the muscles are too tight. And so they get to the mountaintop and the pelvic floor muscles contract, right, when you have an orgasm, but Mm -hmm. they're supposed to release and let go, but they stay contracted. Ah! And then you get pain. And then you associate orgasm and sex with pain. Yeah. Then you just don't want to do it anymore. Then you don't want to do it. And then it becomes service. Sex. Then it's service sex. You're just doing it for somebody else. You're doing it for someone, and it's terrible, and it breaks my heart. I, and want, I see it uh, all the time. I I want women to first of all, I want to tell a story, which I think is really interesting. It's <laughs> not a, it's not a personal story, no, but it was something. You know, I love Twitter. It's a dumpster fire, but sometimes there's something really great on Twitter. There's a dumpster fart, a dumpster fire, <laughs> fire. <laughs> Like, wow. It's all kinds of bad things, usually, Twitter, I think. But there's some great stuff. And one was a story, an MD um, whose specialty is sexual health tweeted about how she had worked in conjunction with a pelvic floor health expert, a pelvic floor therapist, Mm -hmm. physical therapist, and a psychologist, and herself, the medical doctor, to help a woman who had not ever had an orgasm. Mm-hmm. And with with somebody from pelvic floor therapy, an MD, and a psychologist working with this woman together, she got the orgasms that she wanted and deserved and needed to have yeah. because nobody had an ego. And because the medical mm-hmm. doctor was able to say pelvic floor therapy is really helpful and the pelvic floor therapy person was able to say there could be some psychological issues. And everybody yeah. worked together so I just think that what you do is so valuable and can be so easily and well fit into what we already have. A lot of us already have doctors. We have personal we have trainers. Have we have shrinks. But, like, we mm-hmm. need somebody like you on our team. Yeah. Okay. So for our listeners who want you on their team, how can they find you, access you, your online courses? I want to take your online I course. I want oh, you absolutely. on my happy vagina team. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag, okay, for this podcast, we're putting out a hashtag, hashtag happy vagina team. Yes, yes. And get Issa on your team. Absolutely. Go to pelvicpainrelief.com. That's where you're going to find all the information you need. You can contact me through there. Great. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram. I mean, I'm all over the place. If you can't find me, it's a problem. What is your handle? Issa underscore Herrera underscore pelvic healer. Ooh. Okay, and then tell us about your master class because oh. people might be interested. And you, Everyone, you'll do more than one, even if we don't time this so that it's for this master class. You'll yeah. do another one, right? I do master classes. I'm definitely going to do this. I oh, probably do sure. twice a year, maybe this time once a year, but twice a year. The master class is coming up. I'll give you the link. It's in February, five, six, and seven. And I invite the world to come and learn about public health. Thirty-five thousand participants in the last master class yeah. that Isa Herrera did on pelvic health. Yeah. 
And this time I'm trying to break that number, but we'll see what happens. Oh, we're, we're going to break it. I want to break that So number. how do our listeners find your masterclass? Yeah, they'll go to the website or they'll okay. go to the, I'm going to give you a link, a specific link in the show Great. notes, and then you'll just click yep. on that. And then the main thing is um, sign up and I'll just give you some reminders and show up because I give a lot of free stuff away and I do contests and I make it interesting. But you leave there with some really tangible tools, self-care tools for your vagina. And then if you want to go deeper, then I invite you to join me in my public healing program, which goes on for three months. And I take women through the program live. Mm. And there'll be hundreds of them on the program. And it's fantastic. There's nothing like a group of women coming together and claiming their vaginal pelvic power and seeing the transformation and the self-confidence. It's like, it's really beautiful. This really is beautiful. this is a really good note to end on. Thank you for bringing all your knowledge to us today and to our listeners. You guys find Issa in all the way that she suggested that mm-hmm. you can find her. Yeah, let's do this. Let's have happy vaginas. Let's Thank do it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you. Be you. So open. I really appreciate Pelvic it. Pelvic power you. to the max. <laughs> yes, all the way. Thank you, Issa. Thank you. Such a fun episode. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. And if you did please go on to iTunes and leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Um, It really helps the success of the podcast and spreading this message. Much love, guys.